we're all in this together and we know who we are we're all stars and we see that this is queen speaking what's the difference between a boss and a queen when you're a queen you're owning every aspect of your life from work to money to relationships there are no boundaries you can't pause who you are the challenge is how to own it what makes you you we're in this together let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential hit your goals then set the bar higher ready to join us hey sid hey brian happy day happy day what is your update this week so in continuing with the prioritization square and then shifting over to the family friends square um one of the things i've been intentionally working on is calling my brothers and seeing my sister more often so i have both my brothers are in two different cities not nearby um and i don't get to see them that often and i have a handful of nieces and nephews and so i want them to know who their aunt sid is and by doing that, I have to call them more often because mm-hmm. I'm off Facebook. So I used to be able to see like cute little faces all over the book. And now since I have stepped back from that, I don't get photos as often. And it just means that I need to, if I want to have the relationship with them that I want, like they're super busy. They have a thousand things going on. So between my brothers and my sister-in-law, my sister's-in-law, um, just calling and FaceTiming more often is something that I've put on that to do because now that I'm regularly checking in with it, I'm like, and again, it's not the, like, I need to call them once a week to feel successful. It is the, have this as a thing that you said you wanted to do. And actually, weirdly, I talked to all three of my siblings on the same day, which almost never happens one day last week. So I was like, I called one brother, the other brother called me, and then I was on the phone with my sister, who I actually see fairly often now. Um, but it's it's it feels good. And it's like, okay, I hear I heard their voice. I've seen the faces of these children that I miss so much, um, and it feels good. And then with my sister, she lives in town, but we only really saw each other at Sunday dinner, um, which isn't like, you know, a place where you can do a whole lot of catch up. We're kind of chatting with my parents, chatting with my grandma. Um, So we have been getting together like almost every other week now and just for like a sister hang. And it is like really nice and we get to catch up about other stuff that's going on and not just stuff like you know to uh tell our parents about so (laughs) there's other stuff too (laughs) well because kids time is important as as much as kids and parents time yes so it's been really nice and we try new places and we do dessert and we get wine and so we've been doing that and i like give her a ton of credit because she's like we need to do this more often and she's really good about texting me and being like let's get it on the calendar and before we leave each time we put another date on the calendar. So it's been really good. And then just calling my brothers more often has been awesome too. So working through this prioritization square, it's happening. Making it happen. I like that you're building these habits. It's good. It's good. And I have a question because I, my siblings and I, they live in separate cities. Yes. We're all distributed all over the the country right (laughs) so doing different stuff but when we talk we usually talk for longer periods of time do you feel like the conversations are quicker and shorter because you're talking more regularly yeah i think so and just knowing that like they both are a thousand miles an hour and other things like my one brother has a really weird schedule where he's a basketball coach but he also works full time so his days and evenings are busy um and so finding time in like a pocket is much easier than having any like great length of time Mm -hmm. um so yeah they are quicker by like by necessity but also we kind of like power through the updates and same thing with my other brother and both of my sisters-in-law actually are the same way like we're like what's going on this this and this cool like can't like let's get a visit on the calendar Mm -hmm. um because they're both close enough where i could like either drive to one of them and do a quick flight to the other one but it's just like okay when are you when what are the dates that work for you um 
can I come to see a kid on their birthday? And like, when do you have available? Are you guys coming for any holidays? Like, it's like quick hits of when we can see each other physically Mm -hmm. too. So yeah, they're not longer conversations, but that's like kind of how we operate. Yeah. (laughs) Because I also don't love the phone. So I'm like, I don't want to just text them, but I want to like hear their voices, but not for that long. (laughs) Well, you know, what's funny too, is that I think about the situation on my end where we don't, my family and I don't FaceTime at all yeah. because we're always doing something else while we're having a conversation. Right. My sister's usually walking somewhere, running Makes errands. Sense. She's a business owner, so she's very busy. <laughs> she's got a lot going on. My brother lives in LA and is uh, always driving, so he's <laughs> usually calling me on like PA runs and stuff like that. That makes sense. Um, and when my mom calls me, she's usually driving home from work. And I'm like, and she's in Colorado, so two hours difference, I'm like home, like sweeping or something. Right. So we're always like, I'm, I have everybody on speakerphone and we're like scooting <laughs> doing around other doing things. other things. Which is really nice too. I think like, I like to call people when I drive, but I feel like I only ever remember at the last like five minutes of my drive. You're like, oh, that would have been a great idea. Exactly. <laughs> and like, actually one of my brothers, when we talk, he's usually driving the mm-hmm. one in Chicago. So he, I catch in, in the car. The other one is like, I have like 10 minutes from one place to the next and then there are kids in the car too so like being able to focus on a conversation gets difficult (laughs) when that happens but um but yeah so ours aren't as long but i would uh i would challenge myself to that and if you use the phone more often it gets easier because there's you know i have one person that i talk to consistently on a weekly basis on the phone and our conversations always end up being at least a half an hour long and that's my accountant chelsea um so I think it's like a thing I could work up to with them if they'd allow it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. for them, we'll see. <laughs> My siblings usually don't have, there are no changes. So there, there are no growing children in their environment. So right. there's no need to be like, oh, you look the same. <laughs> you look the same. Anything new with the business. But your brother, like, he's got a lot going. Well, they both have a lot going on. Yeah. But I always love hearing about your brother's updates from you because he seems to be, like, moving and shaking a lot. Yeah, both of them are. Yeah. They're they're doing things. That's true. Even my mom. She's like, I'm on vacation again, guys. I'm like, God. I need to update my, my life activities. Yeah, you're like, can I come out to where you are and do that too? It's set. We're making it happen. I'll come too. That's yeah. for the invite. Feel free. <laughs> so that's it. Stay tuned next week for the next prioritization square update. I've been uh, looking through them and seeing what I've actively been working on. But So what about you, Brown? So I have uh, accepted a life lesson Ooh. about using my resources. Hmm. And this is more so to do with my uh, insane inability to let go of control. <laughs> what? I think that we've literally had that exchange multiple times on yeah. this podcast. So <laughs> it's tough. But I had uh, an interesting conversation with the BF about um, how he finds it very impressive that I am a strong, independent woman. Nice. But sometimes... To define that or live that that role, you also need to own asking for help. For sure. I love how it was the, I love this about you, that's like a real win and mm-hmm. all great. And then there's like the little but that sneaks in. And an important but yeah. as well. And the, the way that the conversation kind of evolved from or where it came from was uh, me talking about how I want, I'm starting to think about my new car, whatever right. that big purchase is going to be. And I made a statement like, I want to be able to do this on my own because the last time my mom co-signed the loan for me right. and was there, I might have cried in the presence of the the guy trying to sell the salesman. That's okay. And I was like, because I wrote a check for $1,000 and it was very <laughs> overwhelming as like a freshly graduated 21, One, 22 yeah. year old. <laughs> So I don't want that to happen again. (laughs) And Dan was like, why wouldn't you want to lean on the people who've done this before, who have information about, you know, he's like, it could be me or it could be one of your friends who's recently done this. Yeah. And I was like, all right, that's fair. That's totally fair. I think that's a really good point. And I was like, I think I'm going to lean into this a little bit and accept the fact that I, I know and I want to be independent, but sometimes... 
being independent requires asking for help in the right ways. Absolutely. I mean, you think about anybody that's built anything or achieved anything, it is very rare when they've done it as a solo mission. Yeah. And so to acknowledge that and give it life and challenge your feelings on the subject, I think is really good. And that's why we like Dan so much. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's so good at that. That's <laughs> awesome. I can't wait to hear about how the asking for help continues to go because yeah. we've had that conversation many, many a time, Yeah, but in different like facets of our lives too. So it's nice to hear, especially with something as huge as buying or leasing a new car and who you lean on, how you lean on them, even if it's just for helpful information, right, is a big, big step. And it's literally why we started this podcast. You're so, like, so right. <laughs> why wouldn't I think that that's just the way that we live life? Above it all, <laughs> yes. No, you're right. That is why so. we started this. So, take our advice, Brianna. <laughs> Boom, done. You know, I'm serious when I call you Brianna. <laughs> It's like when my mom says, Brianna Marie, I'm in trouble. You're like, oh, no. Except I never got in trouble. Oh, my God. Okay, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not dig into that at all. (laughs) What is uh, inspiring you this week, Prom? So I have uh, referenced this in so many ways or in kind of just a, a subtle nod to this one podcast that I really love that actually is the podcast that got me into podcasts. Wow. Thanks again to Dan. Um, He's getting a lot of shout outs today. Yeah, go him. (laughs) So um, he basically shared with me, hey, did you know the podcast exists? I was going through this period a year or two ago. I can't remember at this point because time is uh, just... It doesn't. It doesn't exist, and exists exists too much all at once. Yeah. So I have no idea uh, what year it is, or what day it is, or what month it is. But at one point, Dan told me about this, and it's called Back to Work, and it was strictly around productivity because that was something that I was really working pretty closely with. Mm-hmm. And so um, Merlin Mann and Dan Benjamin are the hosts. And I thought I'd give a shout out because it has been a podcast that I listen to pretty consistently. And I think especially considering inspiration and things that have kind of brought us to where we are today, mm-hmm. this is a podcast that kind of inspired the Queen speaking existence. Yeah, And um, in that essence, if we're thinking about kind of along the essence of something that they do as podcasters when they give recommendations for things. They like to say, hey, you should start with this specific episode. Mm -hmm. Um, So in essence of the way that they do their job and the way that they podcast, I wanted to shout out which Fellini you want to be, which is episode 314, which goals. 314. (laughs) Not like 3.14, but like 300. 314. Um, And that that actually inspired a really good conversation that Dan and I had um, around this quote, this film is supposed to be a comedy. Um, Federico Fellini had to write that on a bunch of his scripts back in the day when he was like pushing it to people. Um, And it kind of, the, the way that they talked about it was like, you need to take a step back and realize like you're getting way too in the weeds or getting into the details. And so it's actually something that Dan had personally made for me and is framed in my bedroom. And so I look at it every day. Um, And it was just one of those things that like, you know, it's a great podcast. It's one of those things that's helped me kind of get focused, be an adult, learn how to work better, work smarter. (laughs) (laughs) And this is this quote and this episode was one of those like game changing moments where when you're going through kind of like a, I don't know where my life is leading me and I'm feeling kind of stressed out. I always think back to that comment of this film is supposed to be a comedy. And it like pulls you back. Yep. That's so necessary. Because I have seen that print and it is gorgeous and it is by the woman who also um, created our logo, V. McDonald, who's a gem of a person. Um, But I've seen it and I was like, I don't get it. But it's probably because I've also not listened to this this podcast episode. Um, But that like notion of being able to step back and like breathe and, and look at you know, the whole field versus just like the weeds that you live in is such an important quality that we need constant reminders about for sure. So I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Give it a listen. (laughs) I actually will give it a listen because we're talking about it. It will be linked in our show notes (laughs) at queenspeaking.com. That's where I'll find it. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? 
Um, so this week, my inspiration is, I feel like this is the kind of thing I talk about a lot about women talking about like what they work for and how they work for it. And so, um, an article called four Middle Eastern and Muslim actresses on the roles they don't get and the ones they won't take. Mm. And it was a, a roundtable discussion from Elle magazine with Amani al Katabe. And butchered that. I apologize, Amani. Um, but it was in this morning's broadsheet, which I have become absolutely obsessed with. And as much as I love the skim and what it gives me for what its purpose is, the broadsheet has just become like the powerhouse thing that I look into every day. So, Brianna. Victory for recommendation, newsletter, checkmark. Brianna. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Done. Because it lives in like what we started this for. Again, like just women supporting women and helpful tools, helpful articles, information about women rising in the ranks of business, like all of these things that I feel like I just need so much of every single day as an inspiration point. So this was that for me today. And it's so it's four women um, from the entertainment industry. Actually, one of them plays one of my favorite characters on the bold type. Ooh. And we've talked about that before. It. Yes. <laughs> so good. Um, so and they play various roles in different shows kind of all over the place. And they talk about like their experience and getting roles based on being Middle Eastern and like how that makes them feel and when they've stood up and said no to roles and how to create more roles for women and specifically women of color. And I don't even think like me talking about it feels jumbly because there's just so much meat to it. Um, I don't even think I can do it justice. I just encourage people to read it and embrace it and understand what your role is while you read it and like how you can take what they're talking about as far as why they've said no to roles because it's either like actual ludicrous what people have written for Middle Eastern women or how they represent their culture um, and just how they face certain challenges by by nature of being Middle Eastern women um, and that other people just wouldn't face. Like how every role is automatically written as religion being a central piece of the character when that doesn't happen for people of other religions it's not a central part of who they are in their character and I was like oh my god I didn't even think about that um so it was just really good and there was this standout quote from um Sheila Vand right at the end and she said we're not as different as we all think but the differences we do have actually strengthen us What if we embrace each other, we embrace our otherness, we embrace other cultures, not as threats, but just as another part of American culture, because that's where we are and that's what we do. And these women either came from overseas or they're first generation or they came one with actually the woman who is in the bold type came from Canada, but she's first generation there. Um, And they're all part of American culture. And it was just a great way to talk about people as people, but also how we represent in media, how we represent in entertainment. Um, And it was just fantastic. And I love the roundtable type of interview because it really gives way for people to share openly. Um, And it's great. A varying perspective on what impact that has for just like understanding on our end Mm -hmm. of like, oh, I didn't anticipate this being a thing that you because especially thinking about it from like i'm not in the media so i'm not thinking about like what is it like to go in a casting right oh my gosh you're so right because we don't do that or yeah deal with that but imagine i think it's really amazing and empowering to hear about that and have someone be like well this is actually a pretty racist role and here's why right and being able to have enough confidence or just you know wherewithal in your own beliefs to say hey this is not okay, Mm -hmm. I'm not taking this role, and I'm going to let you know why. Right, right. And they talk about the people that have supported them and said, like, the showrunners and writers that work with them on that and take it as an education to Mm -hmm. change. But they also talk about people that have said, like, it's not going to change, so you can either take it or leave it. And they're like, and I've left it because representing my culture in a way that's false and, and, and dangerous is not worth making the money um and that's part of the reason they got into this is to represent themselves represent their culture in um a positive and um appropriate way and not just 
in a way that makes them money. And I think that this feeds really well into the conversation we're having today. It sure does. So give it to me straight, Sid. What are we talking about? Okay, so today we're talking about self-love and body acceptance. Hold for something that might not feel great because it's a tough conversation. Um, And honestly, this is one of the topics that sounded like a really good idea when we were in like the planning phase because, you know, every month we have our planning meeting for the next month. And, you know, I was like, this sounds great. Like, let's do that. That's, you know, check it off the list. And then you're like, oh my gosh, this is something that we're dealing with in a very real way. And you're like, maybe I don't want to talk about this because like, do I want to share in that way? And then you realize why we do it and that is exactly why is that's why we're talking about this today is because this is something we're actually fully in the thick of ourselves I think based on like where we are in our lives and what we're dealing with in our own lives Um, and it's super important because if you can't learn how to accept who you are and love the body that you're in and how much it does for us every single day, it's really hard to move forward. Or it's something that's like always this dark spot in the back of your mind and you don't deserve that. No one deserves that. So today we're kind of talking about um, what exists and how it exists and how to deal with it and maybe some tools to help kind of move forward on it. Yeah, I think it's an important conversation to have because it's a continuous conversation. Mm -hmm. It's something that we're all a work in progress on. And I don't necessarily know, like, there's so many things that feed into this, which we kind of get into a little bit. But in the nature of the world that we live in, and especially how, like, the decades that we were growing up in, I feel like there wasn't a lot of acceptance for differences. And so to be able to be confident in your own skin is also acknowledging like a lot of other people are also going through this. And I think that that wasn't, I don't think that was something that was made very clear when we were growing up. It was just like, this is what you're expected to be. And so as we're growing and evolving, it's a lot of a, like this process and this activity of us loving ourselves and believing who we are is magical um, helps us like, own that beauty of us being a woman absolutely magical absolutely and it really does and it feels weird at first when you start to get there like on days that you feel good and you do accept it's like that doesn't feel right because I'm so used to feeling bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) that feeling good just is so foreign and actually that's one of the things that they talked about in the roundtable for that L um, that L discussion was that like everything that these women were faced with was different from them and they so badly wanted to fit in with who they were surrounded by and that as you age you realize that your difference is beautiful and what makes you special is just that you are you and how do you call out those things but it's still such a struggle based on like what we see all the time and this isn't just body and what you see in the mirror it's your personality it's Mm -hmm. the things that make you who you are like how you use your voice exactly why we started this podcast um, is how to get cozy with your belief systems and your body and your mind and all the things that make you different and so that's kind of what we're getting into today yes um one of the things actually that i read was a really interesting article that helps you separate self-esteem from self-acceptance which i thought was a really important thing to also talk about i fully agree yeah it was just one of those things where like oh i guess they are different and they do have like a fair amount of overlap but mm-hmm. um the things that live on either side of them are self-esteem refers to how you feel about yourself whether you feel you are generally good worthwhile and valuable so that's like when people say you have high self-esteem you feel valuable you feel good you feel like you're worthy of people's time and energy Self-acceptance is simply acknowledging and accepting that you are who you are. Like, and that feels different when you say it like that. Um, You're able to separate from your actions and qualities and that you don't let your flaws and your mistakes define you. So like if you are flawed, as we all are, and you acknowledge that flaw, that might tank your self-esteem. But self-acceptance is acknowledging that that is who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like this more global affirmation of self was kind of one of the um, quotes that I pulled out of this because I thought that was a really powerful statement. Um, So self-acceptance alludes to a far more global affirmation of self. When we're self-accepting, we're able to embrace all facets of ourselves, not just the positive, more esteemable parts. So it's everything. It's when you're having a really bad day, 
knowing that like that's just who you are that day and and being able to look at that person and say like that's okay i accept you today even at your lowest point so that's where we're at love it let's speak at queens what are we getting into braun how did we get here? <laughs> We're going to have to reach far into the history book that probably isn't even talked about in our history books yeah. for something like this. So I feel like in a little, a, a very big sense of our upbringing, so people who were born in the 80s, maybe early 90s. Uh, late 80. <laughs> late 80s. The latest 80. <laughs> I feel like during this time, the fashion industry had a very big impact on how we see ourselves and what is perceived to be as beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the media perception versus reality really took a strong weight in that time frame, yeah. or at least was evolving out of, because like, you know, as women becoming more independent and owning their roles in, in the world, there was also still this lack of diversity in so many ways yeah so what we were seeing especially when we were growing up on tv and in magazines really wasn't representative of the majority yeah and so if you were different in any way you automatically felt like i don't know if i can love and accept myself for who i am because i don't look like or these people don't seem like they're the same as me Mm -hmm. um and i think the perception of beauty was like As long as you're tall and thin. You got it. You're good to go. You're going to be a winner. (laughs) And that still sticks to me to this day. (laughs) I think it, like, I think it really was my narrative. And the reason I have such a, probably for a long time, it was very unhealthy. And now, like, such a keen eye on what I look like, how much I work out, what I eat, what I allow for myself. And it's really, it's mean, it's really scary to think about where that could have started and how damaging it was and how how many people played a role in so many women feeling that same exact way. I mean, it's terrifying. And I think that there are obviously improvements that have come through from a media standpoint or just a, a knowledge and awareness of like, okay, here are things that we can do to to better the situation, but especially from an ad campaign standpoint, I think the Real Women um, or Dove's campaign for Real Beauty was huge. And then Third Love just came out with a really amazing ad Did campaign. They? If you have not seen it, we will link it in our show notes. Yeah, because I love Third Love. Yeah, so it's women in their home environments wearing their bra and underwear mm-hmm. looking like real women yeah and it was magical because i did see someone i was like oh we look the same right nice. and how powerful is that for you to look i mean and this is what we've talked about before is being able to see yourself in media mm-hmm. in movies in anything is is incredibly like validating and think about how many women have never had that until recently right It's very sad. And I think in this situation, it's helping us recognize that we're all beautiful, unique snowflakes. (laughs) Um, And our flaws are really what make us who we are and make us beautiful. And I think that's the hardest thing about what, like the way that I think about it is it's very much rooted in my youth because I've, and I've always had this element of like being a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think the judgment just is ingrained in us from those childhood experiences and we begin to accept that as truth and like i could literally count on my hands of someone being like you're not wearing nikes those are from payless ew yeah or like where'd you get that shirt that's gap like from five years ago yeah like it's a hand-me-down yeah and for (laughs) me it was like oh you don't fit in abercrombie and fitch (laughs) like because i didn't and it's like that's so damaging Mm -hmm. and i was like well i wear american eagle like is that it's like no (laughs) it's not good enough (laughs) yeah and i at 12 11 12 years old sixth grade this literally still to this day hurts my feelings um someone told me or i heard that there were girls talking about me behind my back because i got hips really early because i got my period really early (laughs) (laughs) it is true (laughs) puberty um and people made fun of my butt and hips because they moved when i walked and i was self-conscious of it for the end of time yeah well you're so i mean it's really 
I think that people don't acknowledge how long things can stick with you. And like kids are mean, kids will always be mean. But how are we helping in any way as adults now to help kids and young women feel like their differences are are okay Mm -hmm. and that there's nothing wrong with them and how are we supporting that and how are we hurting it how are we perpetuating it and like to kind of step outside of yourself and understand that is really important and that is just very sad yeah that you had to go through that i apologize yeah and we you and i have had the conversation about stretch marks and oh yeah and being like my body isn't perfect and airbrushed right oh no and that change that happens like from the time that you're, and I know we'll get into this more, but like the time that you're 21 even to now that I'm 29, holy Toledo. There was this campaign going around Instagram that was like post picture of you in 2011 and then in 2015 and then now. And I honestly looked at a picture of myself in 2011, the year I graduated college, and I was like sickened by myself because I was so, so thin. I, but I thought I was, had this like rocking body because I was so thin and my head is far too big <laughs> for the body that I was rocking back then. Like it was just, and I used to get comments when I was in college, like you're getting a little thin. I'm like, good. Like, like it was just like you. this, it was this affirming thing versus mm-hmm. what they meant was like, maybe we're sh- scared for you. Exactly. Exactly. And so it was like this. Very And I was like, I can't do this. Like, not that I would do an Instagram challenge, but like, I was like, I really can't do it now because that's not, and like sharing your story is one thing, but it was like for a a, a challenge and it's just not valuable. But right. for me to look at that and say like, wow, that's really terrifying. How do we write that? Yeah. And I think a lot of it is, especially when you think about like beauty and it's so hard because when you're young, you definitely go through an awkward stage it took me a very long time to get over those moments Mm -hmm. but i think your body changes and what is it that makes you feel good Mm -hmm. is the bottom line so like teaching that from day one is vital of like do i feel good today what would make me feel good Right. right what are the things that you do that make you feel good absolutely is it having an apple or maybe today it's sliced pizza right and i think that that is totally fair and valid and it's it's like li- listening to that inner person and giving them what they ask for <laughs> um but like and i even so like some days when i say i want a piece of pizza i also then remember like sometimes pizza makes me feel like actual garbage yeah. so like maybe maybe listen to that feeling as well and not for like the diet aspect of it but for the like what makes you like exactly what you said what makes you feel good mm-hmm. not what makes you feel satisfied all the time but what makes you feel good and those things kind of live in different places too exactly um there are two other uh, companies running campaigns that like promote this um, really s- valid idea of self self love and body acceptance, and it's Nix. It's K N I X. It's a company out of Canada, um, and I love following them on Instagram because mm. I'm like, oh, I see myself there. Like that person looks great in that underwear. Maybe I should get some of that underwear. So. <laughs> You know, I love a buy. Making right choices. <laughs> um, and Aerie has always been kind of a leader in this. And they were one of the first places to say, we're not doing, um, uh, what's the word? Not Photoshopping. We're not airbrushing. Like, they were one of the first people to be very transparent about their previous practice and what they now do as their um, campaign practices. And it's it's really incredible to see models who are models that aren't, like, stick figures yeah and i think even like for example um in style that new new at this point not new um but the newish editor laura brown uh has been a huge advocate for keeping women looking like real women on their covers and in their spreads and so there have been a few women that have been featured that look like themselves which is really amazing and some women who are like in their 50s and i'm like man I love a wrinkle on a woman. Right. And that's great to see that that's real because I'm excited that one day that's going to happen for me. Right. And it's not like this thing you're so, so scared of because you're like, oh, wow, like that's a thing that's acceptable. And something we are, unfortunately, this is the narrative, but we are allowed to do Mm -hmm. is age and change and like change body types. And like when it comes to like stick figures and stuff like that, it's only that 
that's all we saw are very, very thin women for so much of our life. And now we see very thin women who are themselves alongside women who look like us and who have full bodies and love their bodies. So it it spans the whole gamut. Um, And I think that's what's really important. Yeah, I think the balance is, is key to all of this. Yeah. Um, I did this project in my campaigns class in college, and that was, like, one of the first places that I was like, we should take a look at this. And I remember, I think my partner really hated me because I was really bad at group projects at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was the I was the one that you hate of the, I'll, like, I'll get it to you the night before, and it'll be just fine. But we did a survey of different body types that were represented in different magazines, and we kind of had um, different body types kind of on the survey and would count and see how many fit each body type. Um, And the overwhelming percentage was the flat stomach, skinny sizes, like zero to four bodies. And you're like, even back then, I think that was when I was in school and having this huge struggle. And like, no wonder I was like so obsessed with learning about what I was looking at every day. Um, But it was really, really eye opening and something that even my professor was like, and I was by no means a great student, but she was like, this is an important topic we should talk about more. And she was right. And here we are. Yeah. I think that that is really cool that you did that. Um, but also, wow. Not surprised. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Very sad. <laughs> and we even included, like, athletic body types because, yeah. like, traditionally athletic body types are, like, boxier and still, like, but have muscle forward. And I think about what I was looking for and even now how much – those body types would change and be different because athletic is also so different from body type. Like my friend will always say like, I'm an athlete and I'm an athlete. If I run a mile, I'm an athlete. If I lift a five pound weight, I'm an athlete every single day and end of story. And you're like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) And so I even think about like the way that we chose to categorize body types was so skewed and so awful. And there was always a box that we had to be put in. Right. It was like, oh, are you the, like, nerdy computer one? Or are you the pretty popular girl? Or are you the quiet bookish type? Mm -hmm. Everybody fit into a box. And if you didn't fit in a box, then you felt like even more of an outcast. Even especially if your quote-unquote box made you feel like an outcast already and then you're like I don't even fit into any of these where do I belong where do I go yeah so I see all the problems with that project now and I wish someone had told me (laughs) but again that's the issue especially considering how we grew up and now that we're getting to the age where some of us many of us some women are having babies yeah what is it that you're teaching your kids that doesn't just perpetuate the issues and the concerns that are deeply ingrained in our own struggles with body and self-acceptance, which is so challenging. Yeah. And Kristen Bell, actually, sorry to cut you off, but Kristen Bell, I just saw a clip of this today, which is why I'm bringing it up. She has this like um, piece on Ellen's YouTube channel, channel, Ellen DeGeneres, that's called Momsplaining. And the clip I saw was her Kristen Bell sitting there with, I, I think she was talking to Brené Brown, actually. So oh, one of our favorite love people. Love her so much. Um, but she they were talking about the way that kids take in information. And Kristen Bell has, like, two little ones. I think Brené Brown has kids as well. But she's like, you think about when you look at your your the mirror and who's listening. Like, the little ears that hear you say, like, I look so fat today. Or I feel, like, really lumpy. Or, like, oh, look at my, like, blemishes all over my face. And... Like, kids hear that, and then they have no other place to turn to for information other than that moment. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, if I get bigger than that, then, you know, I'm screwed. Like, that's their narrative. And even if it's not as developed as that, it's there. And I thought that was... I'm looking forward to seeing that segment because I want to hear all that. I want to hear the inside scoop. So, that's it. It's a struggle. It is. So with that, this kind of is, we've been weaving this into the conversation already, but um, with all of the media perception and what we're seeing and what we're hearing from people leads to comparison and judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, I immediately was 
just reminded of uh, this situation because this is a these are statements that people made kind of jokingly, right. but also seriously. So I always thought I was just going to wake up one day and I'd be like a B or a C cup yeah. bra size. Um, I'm a very small A, full transparency. <laughs> um, and I remember someone telling me like, well, when you get older, at least you can get a boob job. Yeah. And I remember growing up thinking like, this is the only way that people will find me attractive is if I get a, a breast augmentation. Yeah. And have now, after some some tears and some personal struggles and some battles, I've accepted, hey, this is how I look. I've got a, a big booty and <laughs> tiny boobs. <laughs> and that is okie dokie. This is what we're working with. Right. And so much of it is because we are made to feel like we need to be a certain way to be attractive to someone else, mm-hmm. whoever we choose that someone else to be. And if we don't fit their idea of that, then like, who's going to love us? How are we ever going to get a boyfriend? Gosh, that was the narrative for like, a long time. <laughs> and and we had no, no, nothing else to go off of. We didn't have those co- campaigns that were helping us feel beautiful mm-hmm. based on who we are. And learning that loving ourselves was way more important than finding someone else to love us and love a version of a, ourselves that wasn't real. Yeah. And I think the other thing, too, that came out a little later, like maybe when we were in our teens, were plastic surgery TV shows where it was like, you will only be beautiful if you get a nose job and your chin shaved back. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like like really scary stuff. (laughs) But then on the contrast, you think about like, um, oh, who was Don't Put Baby in in the Corner from... Jennifer Grey. Jennifer Grey, how she got a nose job and no one would cast her because she didn't look like herself anymore. Right. And I think like that's the thing is whatever move you make should be your own choice and not based on what someone else is telling you to do. Like if you're a person that wants to get plastic surgery, go for it and get it. But I think what we talk about is that someone else has been saying, this is what's going to make you beautiful Mm -hmm. or lose 20 pounds and you're definitely going to be a catch of a lifetime. Like, that is so damaging and a thing that you choose to do versus being forced to do it by the people that surround us every day. Yeah, it's, it's so sad. true. Yeah. And I think that in order to combat this a little bit, again, like starting with the kiddos, people you encounter, just kids on the street, be like, don't judge people for their differences. <laughs> yes. There was a great, there was a tweet that went totally viral. I think I talked about it at one point where um, a non-gender conforming person was working and a kid came up to them and said like, are you a boy or a girl? And they were like, some of us don't choose a gender. Some of us are called they, and that is how we choose to be identified. And and this person was talking to a child, and then the mother stepped in and said, and then continued that narrative and explained it the way that I think only a parent <laughs> could explain things, and to make it real for that kid, and affirmed that person that being called they and and living their life as they chose and not conforming to anything that the media has said we have to conform to and the the person that was tweeting about this was like I broke down because you just never hear a parent talk to a kid like that and affirm the way that you feel is okay and valid especially in the world we live in today and it was that moment where like take the opportunity like if a ke- a kid says a, a, a <laughs> I was going to say Never mind. <laughs> if a kid says something that is not okay, there is a way to say it and re-educate even like on the child's level, like mm-hmm. of understanding. And that's our responsibility to yeah. to do that and and say when things are okay to say and when they're not. I fully agree with that. It reminds me of the um like a girl campaign, mm-hmm. which I literally sobbed yeah. every time I saw that where for background for people who haven't seen it they're basically filming that all the footage for this and doing kind of like a behind the scenes shot of you know young boys throw like a girl run like a girl and they're doing it prancily right sassily <laughs> whatever and then the girl gets up and oh my god it just gets me every time i know and she like show us how you how to run like a girl and she runs super fast and i'm like this is it this is it guys <laughs> it's all changing <laughs> 
(laughs) And that's an important narrative that we have to start thinking about is that, again, it's so deeply ingrained in who we are that it makes it really difficult for us to even, because you think about that and like, I might even do something like throw like a girl. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't consciously even think like, I'm going to throw like myself because I am a girl. Right. It's like, no, I would do it. Yeah. There's already something in place for that thought. Yeah. And so we have to break through our own biases biases that we've established in these experiences that we've had to get to where we are today. Because we all have those. I think that's the other thing that we should talk about is like, and not, you know, we don't have to deep dive into it. That's a whole other topic. But our own biases are things that will always exist. And they are there. They are ingrained. And they are not things that we have necessarily a choice in getting rid of because it is where your mind goes. Um, But we have a chance to check ourselves and we have an opportunity to change them and acknowledge them and do something different with them. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important. And I think it goes into talking about like how women of color have experienced this in so many different ways. And how do we expect, you know, like when we're talking about where we see this in the media and in Hollywood um, and TV, and how do people who don't see themselves represented in any way for so long find a path to self-acceptance? And that's why we have to raise so many in, in both in like physical and emotional and personality Um, and we need these role models we need people to now be showing up in a way that shows young women like I see you and this is me and have someone that they can look at and say like oh I want to be like her she she is someone I want to be more like she is someone who looks like me and I can Mm -hmm. see myself in her shoes someday Um, and it's really really important um, to do that I fully agree we got to do it. Um, so I think the really, I think everything we're talking about today is really important. And so I'm going to just keep saying, this is a this really is important, important piece of this. Um, there is no secret. There is no magic pill. There is no magic anything to get to self-acceptance. But there is the acceptance of the process and understanding that the road has bumps. And there's no, uh, there might not be an actual destination. I think like when you say like, I want to get to self-acceptance, there will be something along that road that will trip you up again. And if you feel like you've gotten there, then that's awesome. And I would love to talk to you. (laughs) But I think that, um, you know, there is this sense of happiness you get from solving problems. And I think that self-acceptance fits into that category. Like, going along this path to get to a point where you start to accept yourself and who you are and how you operate um, is a place to continue to work toward, but knowing that it will forever kind of be there is a thing that we should really acknowledge. Um, So, yeah. Goals. I think as women, we have to be doing a better job at this in general, but continue to recognize that it's vital for us to build each other up instead of break break each other down. Support other women. Give people compliments. Yes. Well-deserved. Speak kindly about each other. Mm -hmm. This creates a foundation that helps change the game for the future. That's what we need. And also have this conversation with your kids or your nieces and nephews and everybody because we all need to think about this in a way that just opens the door or opens the conversation to saying, hey, we are all unique and that's why you're beautiful and magical. Mm -hmm. And we love your freckles and we love your beauty mark and we love your wonky eye. Yeah, (laughs) my wonky eye. I assume that was about me. (laughs) It just came out because I know you're insecure about that. I am insecure about my wonky (laughs) eye and it is quite wonky. But you're right, I think, you know, why we don't do this more often. And I I talk to my coworkers that are older than me and how it used to be everything was a competition for a spot and everything was a competition for one or two slots that were available and would only be available for a very small amount of time. And if you didn't grab it, then you were out and you were shut out forever. And fortunately, that is in some cases different now. But I imagine that people who lived through that have a heart like there is this moment where you're like 
that is still the mentality for Mm -hmm. some people. And thankfully, we are at a place where we know we can create space versus live with the space that we've been provided. But for the people that don't like talk to those people, educate those people, be kind to those people and see how you can change, change narratives and change the way that people think about things. Um, And yeah, be kind. Just do it. Be kind. Be kind. Set people for who they are. Yes. Because it makes it easier for them. For us to accept ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 30, though. Big, Still working through it. Big shift. I think it's an ongoing. I mean, I talked to my mom, who has been such a huge part of this conversation with me, um, and how we have very open conversations about the way things were, the way things are, and how we learn to love ourselves and how we do things that make us feel better. But they don't, that doesn't mean that we have to put ourselves in a box either. Mm-hmm. Um, and it should be an ongoing conversation and we should be honest about how we feel. And there's, you know, we'll get into like how we can find things that help you. Um, but having someone to talk to, and again, like, there's there's resources out there too um yeah i think to kick that off one of the things that can be really helpful is just creating a positive conversation with yourself yes and one of the ways so good (laughs) so good so good one of the ways that you can do that is through gratitude journaling Mm -hmm. and this is pretty easy because you just start out writing three things three things that's all it takes what are you grateful for when you start your day, you can do this over your coffee or when you get into the office or right when you wake up. Write it on your mirror and lipstick if you want. Yes. Um, but I liked this example that I saw actually very recently from uh, Skinny Taste on Instagram. Um, she has really good recipes, if anyone's interested. <laughs> um, but she posted about the two-minute mornings journal which again, we'll link in show notes at queenspeaking.com. And the three statements that you complete every morning are pretty simple, but profound. I will let go of, I am grateful for, and I will focus on. That's, I just, I love that. I love that because it's easy and I love everything that's easy. And it sets an intention for the day. I think specifically doing this in the morning is or is part of its importance is because it sets your path. Um, but those are sentences that are some, sometimes really hard to finish. Mm-hmm. But putting the positive energy at the start of your day and being honest with yourself about what you're going to work on is like just – I just love that. And I hate how simple it is because – why haven't we been doing it forever? Yeah, and that's the thing is because we like to make our lives seem harder. Yeah, somehow, all <laughs> we, the time. We don't necessarily put this at the forefront, but it's just one of those simple things that, you know, do it enough times and it'll become a habit yeah. and it will change, it will shape the way that you look at life from a positive, affirming space versus the negative self-loathing space which no one wants to be in absolutely and i think that this falls into paying attention in general is really important so noticing when you're rating yourself against other people because i think this is really common yeah we create this narrative in our minds that other people are better than us right we are less than Mm -hmm. in some capacity and when you notice that you're starting to do that it's easier to make changes at the beginning it's just oh, I'm I'm comparing right. or I'm talking negatively about myself. And just being aware of it will help you shift to adjust your thinking of like, you're beautiful. Do You do you. I'm going to be me. Right. It's like what you say. You shine, I shine. You shine, I shine. Shine theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I think, again, like, that's such an easy thing to do. Like, ooh, they look really good today. I look awful. Like, I don't look like them. I must look awful. Mm -hmm. And it's a really easy place to get to. And I think sometimes we do it to, like, give ourselves a pass in a way and say, like, if that's the standard of beauty, I'm never going to meet it. I'm just I'm just terrible. Mm -hmm. Or that's the standard of, like, human interaction. And I suck at that. So, like, I suck, (laughs) period. And so when you do that, you're not just discounting yourself. You're putting someone else on a pedestal that, like that's a really scary thing to start to do because if everybody's on a pedestal around you then you feel broken and there's no place to go from there Mm -hmm. and it puts really high expectations on people that 
not that they don't deserve it, but there's no reason for it. Right. And that makes that person feel like, oh, wow, now I need to show up in a certain way all the time because they've put me up there and I can't tumble because then what am I doing to them? Have they Mm -hmm. set an expectation for me that's almost impossible to meet all the time? Um, So think about like both sides of that equation, what you're doing to yourself, but what you've just done to someone else too. Yeah, and I think that that fits in with the mold of, you forging your own path and everybody's at a different point on their journey and like yes someone just got an award and you're bummed out that you didn't win that award but it doesn't make you less worthy of that right or you know we talked about rejection yeah (laughs) (laughs) a lot of really exciting and happy topics going on (laughs) right um but i think in general just accepting that you aren't perfect and forgiving yourself for when you make those mistakes is vital to this process because you're going to make mistakes. And if we all are striving for perfection, it's going to come tumbling down real quick. <laughs> and that's literally what the experts experts say around self-acceptance is that you acknowledge that you're still valuable even when you make a mistake and that that doesn't set the tone for the whole of who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, that goes back to what the difference is between esteem and acceptance and how one varies quite often based on things that are happening around you. And one can hold very strong if you intentionally work toward it and work on it. Um, And perfection, like you said, is is fully unattainable and super boring if you ever get there. <laughs> so don't do it. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. Um, and mistakes are, I, I saw something today that said something about failure, like fail again, fail faster, fail better. Mm-hmm. And when you fail better, you work towards something. And the accept- the self-acceptance piece of talking about how am I feeling better today at self-acceptance? It's, oh, I didn't drag my whole day down by that one thing. I acknowledge that thing and I'm working toward it. But like, how are you feeling better when it comes to self-acceptance? Yes. For sure. Um, unfollow social media accounts that make you feel bad about yourself. That's a thing you can do. <laughs> That's a thing you can do even if it's someone that you know really well. If they make you feel bad, and it's not, I imagine it's not intentional. I hope it's not intentional. But you are allowed to say, I don't love this. And I don't feel it serves a purpose in my life. And so I will fully unfollow. I think that feels even dumb to say out loud, but I think some of us are thinking that maybe if we're following something that is supposed to make us feel better, then maybe feeling bad is okay. And it's like, that's no, that's not right. That is not right at all. (laughs) Um, It doesn't have to be around body. It can be around career. It can be around the type of person of any kind. It doesn't have to live in like the body positivity, the field. Um, but if you're following something that makes you feel bad about yourself, stop because that's a thing you have full control over. Um, and along those same lines, seek out accounts on social media that celebrate difference in diversity and know that they exist, know that they're out there and it might feel uncomfortable at first because you're like, Ooh, like, this person wasn't what I considered to be what I thought I needed in my life at first because I was so used to following a certain type of account for a certain reason. And once you get to the point where you're like, I don't need to follow that account because it makes me feel bad about myself, what are the accounts that exist that that lift other women up, that lift difference up and promote difference and promote diversity? Um, and using that community for the positive. Absolutely. Yes. And like, don't be a freaking troll. (laughs) There's so many trolls out there. Um, But, and it's so gross. I think it's so gross. But what I love seeing is the people that I follow that, that are the people that make me feel seen and heard and make me feel like, okay, there are more people like me out there. They respond to trolls and they say, thank you so much for your comment. I hope you feel better about yourself soon. And they, you know, like they are not here for it. And they, that's, Stuff doesn't go unnoticed, Um, but they're brands, they're influencers, they're real women, they're your neighbor. Like they are real people or real brands run by real people that Mm -hmm. are out there on a mission to make people feel good about themselves and feel loved and feel accepted and go find them and start with, you know, searching some hashtags. For sure. (laughs) And remember that your words have power. Yes. Whether that's about other people, but especially about yourself. So 
use them with kindness and with thoughtfulness because I think that that helps us shift the narrative mm-hmm. of us creating environment of positivity, of self-love, and knowing that we're all worthy of this like positive environment and community and everybody is going to be different. And if we all looked like the same color, same shape, same face, same hair, life would be boring. Super boring. And when we talked about that book, um, You're a Badass, Mm -hmm. and at the end of every chapter, it tells you to say that you love yourself. I love myself. It is the most, like, empowering thing. And that's a thing you can do to feel better. And that takes one moment of your day every single day. And it is unbelievable the change that it can create. Yes. Let's do this. (laughs) But we're still working on it too, so stay tuned. (laughs) Work in progress. It's forever a work in progress. And so just acknowledging that hopefully makes you feel like it's a thing you can do because everybody's doing it and everybody's working toward it. We're all in this journey together. We're all in this together. When we know who we are, we're all stars and we see that. Shout out to all my high school musical fans out there <laughs> for doing it, bringing it back. Yes. <laughs> Is that a good place to call it? Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it. Find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week.